For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which you base our message this morning is from the gospel heard uh, read before from Mark chapter 9. I recall just these words. The child's father cried out at once, I believe, help my lack of faith. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who is the basis and object of our faith, my beloved. Whenever we come into God's house, we're talking about faith. And uh, way back at the Reformation, Dr. Martin Luther, when he was talking about the three basic tenets of Christianity, said that they were grace and faith and scripture. We want to talk about faith this morning. Faith is so very important, and yet I think even as Christians we have to review exactly what faith is all about. The designated gospel for this morning gives us an opportunity to look at faith. So let's review Jesus' miracle of healing a demon-possessed boy. Now you have to get the proper setting for this whole thing. It was just the day before that Jesus was transfigured on that mountaintop. You know, Peter, James, and John were there. Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus. And now they came down. This was the next day. And um, they uh, returned to find their disciples in the midst of an argument. Uh, The other nine disciples were down there. And the uh, scribes, the religious leaders of the day, were arguing with Jesus' nine disciples. Now, we discover exactly what the subject of the argument is when it says, Jesus asked the scribes, what are you arguing about with them? A man in the crowd answered, teacher, I brought you my son. He is possessed by a spirit that won't let him talk. Whenever the spirit brings on a seizure, it throws him to the ground. Then he foams at the mouth, grinds his teeth and becomes exhausted. I ask your disciples to force out the spirit, but they didn't have the power to do it. Now, we can sort of guess that what those scribes were arguing with Jesus' disciples about was they didn't have the power to remove that uh, evil spirit because they were followers of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus is a church wrecker and a, a false prophet. So no wonder you can't cast out any demons. Now, the rest of this description by Mark goes on to recount Jesus' reaction to the scribes and to the crowd and to the father of the demon-possessed boy, and to the disciples. To the crowd and to the scribes, Jesus said, you unbelieving generation. In other words, you have no faith. The father said, if it's possible for you, help us. Jesus replied, as far as possibilities go, everything is possible for the person who believes. In other words, Jesus was telling the man, your faith is weak. And then also when Jesus went into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we force the spirit of the boy out? And um, he told them, this kind of spirit can be forced only out by prayer. 
Jesus was making the indication that the disciples had a lack of faith. Lack of faith in what? Jesus' authorization to them to be able to cast out demons. The crowd had no faith. The Father had weak faith. The disciples had weak faith. Faith is important. So we ask ourselves this morning exactly what is faith? Really a central definition of faith is found in the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews where it says, whoever goes to God must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith believes that God exists. No room for atheists or agnostics. No room for the idea, well, maybe there's a God, maybe there's not. And did you ever think about it? No matter what the atheist or the agnostic believes, you can't change God, even if people don't believe it. But those who believe must believe that God exists. Faith is important. Hebrews goes on to say, no one can please God without faith. That means that uh, you can give a million dollars to the poor, and if it's not done with faith in Jesus Christ, it's not pleasing to him. You can give a 10% of your income to the Lord here at Beautiful Savior. If it's not done with faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't please God. Faith is important. Faith is really important. Mark chapter 16, Jesus, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Without faith, you will be lost. Faith is important. Again, from Hebrews chapter 11, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. Faith convinces us that God created the world through his word. This means what can be seen was made by something that could not be seen, namely the power and the word of God. And so you've heard me say it before, what is really faith? Faith is the God-given human ability to trust in and accept the invisible gifts of God. I really love this illustration. It's a beautiful illustration as to what faith is. And what a God-given ability it really is. Imagine a beautiful Victorian house, maybe back in the 1890s. And it's Christmas time. Huge vaulted ceiling, huge Christmas tree, beautiful colored packages all over the room. And the father is ready to give all those Christmas presents to his child on the other side of the room. He picks up one of the presents and holds it out and says, Merry Christmas, come and get your present. There's one major problem. The child is in a wheelchair. The child is a quadriplegic. The child cannot get get up out of the wheelchair to go and get the presents because his legs doesn't work. Uh, He can't get up to receive the, the present, the Christmas present. He can't reach out his hands because his arms don't work. He's basically completely incapacitated. And, of course, it's a fictitious story. But then the father does something very wonderful. 
he comes over to the child, puts his hands on the child and says, come, get your presents. And it's a miracle. Immediately, the child gets out of the wheelchair, arms working, feet working. Immediately, the child is healed. He walks over, runs over to his father, wraps his arms around his father, thanking him not only for the presents, but also for the ability to come and get them. The ability is given. Gifts are received. Love is exchanged. That's what faith is. But let's tear it down even a little further and review faith piece by piece. Faith is a God-given human ability. The ability is given to you by God. You ever think about it? All of us have different abilities. Some of you have music abilities. Some of you are tone deaf. deaf. Some of you have athletic abilities. Some of us trip over our own feet. All of our abilities are given to us by God. What you do and what you have is because of the gifts from God. When it comes to our ability to believe in God, we don't have any of those abilities. St. Paul says, you were once dead because of your failures and sins. When we are born into this world, we are like spiritual corpses. And I have never conducted a funeral where I could yell at the corpse and it becomes alive again. Faith is a God-given human ability. St. Paul says, God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Faith is an ability that is given to us by God to respond to him. Faith also is our God-given human ability to trust in God. Faith is the assurance to trust in God that every day, no matter what, everything is okay. Did you ever have one of those wonderful days where everything was just so perfect? My wife worried for the last uh, year for planning for her 50th class reunion, which was held yesterday at Wisconsin Lutheran High School. And I got to say, everything went perfect. And she came home with a smile on her face. Did you ever have one of those uh, perfect days? Christmas Day, maybe? Everything feels so good. You feel safe and secure. The doors are locked. Everything is cozy in the house. You fall asleep with a smile on your face. Perfect peace. Trust is knowing that everything is all right. Way back. In fact, I think it was the same year that my wife graduated from high school that summer. We went up to work in Door County. She lived in a dorm in uh, Ephraim. I ran a motel in Fish Creek. Uh, I took her home one night and dropped her off at the dorm. On the way back, I had a head-on collision uh, with, I think a guy was drunk, but he was in a no-passing zone coming over the crest of a hill. My, my car was accordioned in up to the dashboard, was wearing my seatbelt. Fortunately, I was not hurt, had a gash over my head. One of the boys in the other car, his legs were crushed. Fortunately, miraculously, my mom and dad were visiting us that weekend. I, we just finished playing cards. And so I called my dad, and he came and picked me up. Then he took me to the hospital in Sturgeon Bay. He was there while they stitched me up. 
He stayed there and secured another car for me. He stayed until everything was okay. Through the whole messy process, I knew that everything was going to be okay because my father was there. That's trust. But that's not even perfect trust. Perfect trust is displayed in no other than our Lord Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament reading today, it says, I will not turn my face away from those who humiliate me and spit on me. The Lord Almighty helps me. Jesus placed his trust in the hands of his almighty heavenly Father. And then faith is our God-given ability to trust in things that are invisible that you can't see. Did you ever notice how we go through life day after day taking invisible things for granted? Air. Time. History. The future. You can't see the words coming out of my mouth. Promises. Love. Truth. Faith is a God-given ability to trust and accept invisible gifts of God. What are they? Well, how about God himself? St. John says, No one has ever seen God. God's only Son, the one who was closest to the Father's heart, has made him known. Worship and glory belong forever to the eternal King, the immortal, invisible, and only God. No one has ever seen God. Look at all the invisible things that you believe in. You weren't there when Jesus was crucified on the cross. It's a reality, but you didn't see it. To us, it's invisible. You never saw him rise from the dead. To us, it's invisible. How about the angels? They are spirits sent to serve those who are going to receive salvation. How about heaven, a real place? How about forgiveness? You can't see it. Faith is the God-given human ability to trust in and accept the invisible gifts that God gives to us. Faith assures us, the writer to the Hebrews says, of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. I remember when I was a little kid, my dad would play a, a game with me. It was called Jump Off the Porch and I'll Catch You. But the thing, it was always one little catch. You had to do it with your eyes closed. Okay, close your eyes, now jump off the porch and I'll catch you. I knew he was there. He gave me directions but I just couldn't see him, so it was a little scary. It's a little like life, where sometimes things are scary. In fact, sometimes downright terrifying. A doctor's prognosis, the loss of a job, the loss of money. You know what I mean. During those times, did you ever have doubts whether or not God was there? Well, then join the club because you're not alone. You're in the company of the disciples. You're in the company of the father of the demon-possessed boy. Elijah hid in a cave. Moses cowered before a burning bush. Thomas doubted. Job speculated. 
Ever had doubts as to whether or not God was really there? Then thanks be to God that even your doubts cannot make him go away. St. Paul says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful because he cannot be untrue to himself. What if some of us were unfaithful? Can their unfaithfulness cancel God's faithfulness? My sainted wife's grandma, who was the wife of a pastor, a lot of times would say, I don't know if I have enough faith. I don't know if I have enough faith if I'm really going to go to heaven. Of course, she went to heaven. Sometimes we have those uh, thoughts in our minds, do I have enough faith so that I'm going to go to heaven? But it's missing the point. Because you can't grab on to God, he grabs on to you. And he holds you. And besides all that, if you're ever concerned about your faith, how weak or how strong it is, you're in pretty good shape. Because unbelievers don't worry about their faith. They don't worry about God. They don't worry about anything. The disciples, they cried out, Lord, increase our faith. The father pleaded, Lord, I believe, help my lack of faith. And by the way, got to clarify that. When that father responded, he was not praying to Jesus that his faith be helped until it was strong enough so that Jesus could heal his son. Rather, he was confessing his weakness and asking Jesus to heal him anyway. Now that you know what faith is, and you know that you have it, then continue to trust in the invisible, the only, the triune God, and Jesus, who died for you and offers you full and free forgiveness so that you have no question mark in your mind whatsoever where you're going when you leave this world because you have that invisible declaration of not guilty. Now, to maintain that faith, there's only one thing that you can do. Just continue to listen to Jesus' voice. That ability to believe will continue as long as you continue in the most important activity of life. To sit at the feet of Jesus and just listen. It's the one thing most needful. And then pray, Lord, increase my faith. Lord, I believe. Help my lack of faith. And then recognize that he will and he can and he does. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith according to Luther's explanation of the third article of the Creed on page 7. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth, 
and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.